This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 1st of September. In your squiz today, Qantas hits some turbulence... A fire in Johannesburg leaves dozens dead. Summer aircon troubles are forecast. And taking off the beer goggles. This is your Squiz today. It's been a week since Qantas revealed a record profit of $2.47 billion. But CEO Alan Joyce and other executives have spent most of this week copying criticism for issues that date back to the pandemic. Yesterday, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, or the ACCC, announced that it's taking legal action against Qantas for advertising and selling tickets for flights that had already been cancelled. The ACCC says that Qantas did that on more than 8,000 flights in mid-2022. Gina Cascotlib is the head of the ACCC and she said that Qantas's conduct saw many customers paying higher prices to fly at a particular time, not knowing that flights had already been cancelled. And that's an issue because taking that money and keeping it as customer credits has been described as interest-free loans for the airline. Uh, Qantas says that it's dealt with about $3 billion in customer credits, but it still has about $570 million on the books. Alan Joyce was grilled about that during a Senate committee hearing on Qantas's airfares and its profit. And the reason senators were interested in that is because there's been growing criticism of Qantas receiving government support that was worth around $2.7 billion back when the pandemic restrictions kept the airline's fleet grounded. That's exactly right. And that's not where the troubles end for Qantas. There's also plenty of questions, including from rival airline Virgin Australia about the Albanese government's decision last month not to allow Qatar Airways to bring more flights into Australia. The argument is that Qantas lobbied the government and that competition has been blocked and that could mean higher airfares for Aussies. So it's been a really rough few days Mm. for the national carrier. Joyce did respond yesterday by loosening the customer credit rules. Qantas COVID credit can be exchanged for a cash refund at any point and Jetstar COVID vouchers will no longer expire. Claire, there are likely some more bumps ahead before Joyce finishes up in November. More than 70 people are dead and 50 people are injured after a fire burned through an abandoned block of flats in South Africa's largest city, Johannesburg. That blaze happened in the middle of Wednesday night, about 1.30am local time, and firefighters believe that people were trapped inside because there was a locked security gate that blocked their way out. Uh, Authorities say that the building has been used by African migrants who have been looking for shelter in the colder winter months, and they believe that shack-like structures and tents had also been put up inside the building, and that probably added fuel for the fire. Yeah, so authorities believe up to 200 people could have been living there and they think that the death toll might rise. Emergency services are continuing to search for more victims. 
We've talked a bit about the warm summer that's forecast to hit much of Australia, Claire. And like night follows a hot day, high temperatures go with air conditioning. But there was a warning yesterday that aircon might be unavailable in some parts of the country. Yeah, that's from the Australian Energy Market Operator. Uh, it says that there could be blackouts in Victoria and South Australia. Sorry, Alice, you there in Adelaide. Um, <laughs> during peak periods this summer, and that's because electricity supply might not meet demand if we're all turning on our aircon and fans. And the forecast is for those high temperatures. And the market operator boss, Daniel Westerman, yesterday said that power outages are imminent and urgent in those states. Uh, And he's urged governments to take action to get more power online. The major reason why the regulator is concerned is that there are old coal-fired power stations that are shutting down and we don't yet have enough renewable energy to fill that gap. Claire, New South Wales, the ACT and Queensland aren't out of the woods either. The market operators flagged that they could have similar problems in the coming years. And we haven't forgotten about Western Oz and the Northern Territory. They're on a different power grid and Tassie generates more than enough power for its own needs, mainly through hydro. So there you go. Yeah, learn something every day. The Matildas were front of mind in August, but it's a new month now and it's time for another football code to kick off. The AFLW season starts tonight, Claire, and Collingwood will face Melbourne at 6.50pm. There are no AFL games this weekend as the men get ready for their final series. It's the eighth season of the women's comp that's kicking off at this end of this year. And in the past, uneven team performances and programming problems have really been blamed for a lack of traction with large broadcast audiences. But the AFLW boss, Nicole Livingston, she says that given there's 600,000 women and girls playing Aussie rules, it's time to get behind this competition. Yeah, come on, Port Adelaide, that's what I say. Claire, our Aussie men's basketballers also deserve some support. The Boomers are through to the second round of the World Cup and in doing so, they've got a spot at the Paris Olympics next year. Yeah, go the Boomers. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Superannuation can sometimes feel like just another overwhelming life admin chore. But as a member of Aware Super, you'll have access to lots of free online tools to help you, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you might need for retirement and comes with an easy to understand plan of how to get there. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. This might come as unwelcome news for some, but scientists say that beer goggles aren't really a thing. So no more blaming alcohol, Claire. (laughs) (laughs) It's an uncomfortable one, isn't it? But... The term beer goggles, it was coined by US college students back in the 1980s and it refers to how a drink or a few drinks maybe (laughs) could make someone appear more attractive than what you might think they actually are if you didn't have that booze on board. Um, Previous studies have shut down the beer goggles theory before, but this latest study had 18 pairs of young men. It asked them to rate a woman's attractiveness uh, and the one at the top of the list 
didn't change whether they were boozed up or whether they were sober. So long story short, researchers say they think that changes with a few drinks on board is how that liquid courage can lower your inhibition. Claire, I don't reckon any of us are willing to share any stories on that front. Oh, no, absolutely (laughs) not. It's too early in the morning for that. Friday lights, Claire. What have you got for us today? It's not my recipe today. We've got a brilliant woman who we work with, Gillian Bradford, and she's one of the best cooks that I know. She's one of those really smart people that's always just knocked up a cake or something delicious when she's had a spare five minutes. And um, she noted, of course, when we talked about pickling this week, um, it might be a new thing for a new generation, but her <laughs> zucchini pickle, she says, are a tried and tested winner. It's a Stephanie Alexander recipe that we've got, and Gillian says that you get extra points if you grow your own zucchinis. I think Gillian needs to calm down a bit, <laughs> uh, but I can't wait to get some of those from her for Christmas maybe. Yeah, growing your own might be, I mean, a little bit too high, but I'm keen to try out <laughs> this recipe too, Claire. I'll pop the link to it in the episode notes today. Squeeze the day. We mentioned there's a bit of sport going on. It's all happening this weekend. Oh, yeah, it sure is. The AFLW season that we just chatted about, the Men's Basketball World Cup is still on, the Boomers are playing tonight. There's Men's Cricket with the Aussies playing in South Africa ahead of a World Cup next month. And there are some Aussies still in the US Open if you're into tennis, so lots going on. And on Saturday Squiz, you've also got Larissa joining you this week. Yep, Kate's got a week off, so we've got Larissa coming to do that. There is a lot of news from this week week to cover. The referendum really is just the start of it. So I'm looking forward to chatting with Larissa about that. Have a great Friday and weekend and we'll be back with you on Monday. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50. And that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price, people equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, you don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.